Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everyone, August 14th, Friday morning, good times, awesome odds betting show. Myself, Ben Raza, here with Julian Edlow. Uh, we made it through one show. We're going to roll the dice and see if we can do it again this morning. Julian, happy Friday, my man. Yeah, we, we almost didn't make it till uh, to show two if the Blazers would not have won last night. If Karis LeVert decided to go to the rim like he was the entire fourth quarter, we, we would not be sitting here. We would both be out on the streets with no money and no show. It was, uh, you know, it was one of those things. And we're going to get to a lot of a lot of topics today. But I did want to start there. I, I you know, I was keeping an eye on the NBA and it was a pretty simple thing where, you know, once the Grizzlies won and the Suns won, mm-hmm. AP game obviously is very apparent. Everybody knew this. Blazers win and they're in. If they lose, they're just straight out. It's not like they're in the ninth seed. They're just done. Uh, playing the Nets, who, you know, scrappy, but they have nothing to play for. So it became pretty apparent to me, like many people, uh, Blazers should win that game. They didn't, I mean, it did turn out that way, but it's not how I anticipated. I thought it would be a 30 point beatdown. It was not, obviously. The Nets just don't allow that to to happen, apparently, in these bubble games. They're well-coached. They're very scrappy. They have underrated players that are playing for their next contracts. Um, so, like, Nets, some people could get on the Nets, like, plus 10, plus 10 and a half. I actually liked that because the Blazers just find ways to keep teams in, in games. We saw their defense. We saw how many possessions – that Jared Allen kept alive on the glass. He got him four, four opportunities in one possession late in that game with Portland playing for its life. It's like, and, and I, I tweeted out, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit. I just tweeted out like the look ahead line for Saturday, Portland's favored by seven, which is a lot. Um, and somebody responded to me on, on Twitter. I'm looking at the Valanchunas rebounding prop. And I was like, Good thinking because they got just annihilated on the glass. But that that game, I think um, yesterday was a day in the NBA that uh, you throw handicapping out the window and look at what needs to happen. And, uh, you know, um, myself, I tweeted out I was on a uh, and it was in my, my Osmo article. I was on a Suns Blazers money line parlay um, because they, they needed it. That, everybody was sweating out the Blazers to win last night, I feel like. And uh, it, it was just one of those days that you know what 
needs to happen. And when the other side has no motivation, it makes it that much easier to trust it and play it. Um, I, I should have added Memphis to that. I, I didn't because I was a little afraid. But um, it, it was just one of those days in the NBA where you can simplify things. And in the end, it wound up working out. But the Blazers made us really sweat it out. Yeah, it was one of those things. And obviously, this is I could probably count on one hand the number of times like I'm looking at a minus 500 money line as something important <laughs> in some, but it became apparent once the Suns were going to win, you saw that line start to really shoot up. It, it I think it closed around minus 600, which is mm-hmm. incredibly juicy. Um, so yeah, I, it, I sorry, I, I no. did it. I, I bet it in the morning when I think my parlay was like minus 148. Um, so I got it in the morning when Portland was around like minus 410. because I thought that the motivation would still be there because even if, um, even if Portland was in for that game, they would still be playing for the eight spot in a single versus double elimination. Like that still is very meaningful. So I I took it early, but people that waited, yeah, you're right. That blew up. It was, uh, I want to talk real quick and then we'll get in, you know, we're going to go around the horn with the bubble. We'll talk a little baseball, I'm talking golf. I don't care if anyone wants to listen. And then we'll do a little, little NFL. But, uh, you know, I was started, you know, I wasn't paying attention. I was watching the game. I was watching tennis. I was doing a lot of stuff. And then when it got close, you know, I, I tuned in. And I, I can't tell you the number of times I was yelling, do not pull up. And Lillard would pull up. And then it was just straight buckets. I mean, he had a shot. I don't know if you watched the full game where he almost took a shot from half court. Yeah, his his heels were on the the NBA logo, um, and that was that was when when Brooklyn was kind of getting into a little bit of a defensive zone, just trapping and double teaming Lillard. So he just said, "Screw this," and shot before the double team had a chance to get there. Um, and then they were picking him up full court. So I, I feel like I passed on too many Lillard three point props. Um, I think I found a mistake in uh, the Sixers game and I bet Lillard over two and a half threes. He's usually three and a half or four and a half in terms of makes. Um, And actually that game with five minutes left, Lillard was like two for 11 from downtown. And I was like, I'm really going to lose this. Um, And he hit a couple more and it it wound up being okay. But like last night I was looking at Lillard over 36 and a half points over four and a half threes. And I was like, I think he's going to get this, but you know, from a value perspective, these are horrible bets. And he got them all. He hit whatever, eight, nine. I didn't even look. At yeah, least seven, was, at least seven threes he hit. I remember him being at seven. Um, so yeah, he is. You just kind of uh, gauge him differently when it comes to comes to those threes. I mean, it's his his prop total last night for points was th- I saw it around thirty seven and a half, thirty eight. Uh, and normally you'd be like, okay, I'm not. But I mean, he got there. Him, <laughs> yeah, he got there, and he didn't even. I, I will say this: the even crazier thing is he didn't get there with free throws. Uh, in the game before, he had 18 free throws. He started mm-hmm. to get it going late in the game from the line, but he didn't have an attempt until I think late in the third quarter. So it just shows how dangerous he is. But I guess we can start to look ahead. I'm not going to say they're going to play the Lakers. They're going to end up playing the Lakers, but that doesn't really matter. Um, or you know, we we feel free to talk about the playing game if you want. You know, but also we have some series uh, going forward and and we'll get to more of it. Of course, you and me will both be in Slack. We'll have some write-ups and whatnot, but have you taken a peek at some of the matchups that we have coming up? Yeah. Um, I mean, my only real quick thought on the, on the play-in game is uh, 
I mean, you saw as soon as Portland won that game, Damian Lillard hand on his, didn't even celebrate hand on his knees, gassed <laughs> playing all those minutes. Um, they seem to keep every opponent in every game, even when it doesn't matter. So I, I, even with how beat up Memphis is and going two and six in the bubble and limping in here, plus seven for Memphis feels like they can keep it that close. Um, and I, Portland's the more dangerous team. They have the best player on the floor. I think with Nurkic, they're a, a much different team. Melo's playing fantastic. Like, I think Portland's going to get to the Lakers. But if you told me I had to bet this game right now, uh, plus seven with Memphis just feels like too much. Um, I don't know. You got any thoughts on it or – Probably gonna yeah. be a spot that I leave alone, but just to to give some kind of thought on it. I mean, I do think that everybody, and rightfully so. Listen, I I know I wanted to see the Suns and, and the Blazers. I mm-hmm. do think there's a little we're just disres- like not even disrespecting, but just disregarding where it's a foregone conclusion. All right, Memphis, they held on. They're not gonna make it. Like I wouldn't be stunned to see it go three, you know, to a second game mm-hmm. uh, at all, honestly, and. Yes, they're going to miss Jackson, but they can pound them on the boards. If Joe Val can stay out of trouble, they've got Morant. Dylan Brooks, you saw yesterday, he had 30, I think 31. Um, they they can hang. It's not like the Blazers are just going to come in there and smack them. Especially Obviously. with how Portland plays defense. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they don't. Listen, we know Portland can outscore anybody. Certainly the Grizzlies are not even close to the top tier teams they'll be dealing with, but like you said, this is not a, oh, the Blazers are going to waltz in there, smoke them, and then move on. I, I really don't see that happening, to be honest. Yeah, uh, we're, we're on the same page there. Mm. Um, in terms of series lines, so I, I saw that they came out yesterday. Five of them came out yesterday on DraftKings when I was looking around on DK uh, Sportsbook. Box minus no. 10,000. <laughs> Box minus 10,000. Yeah. So that's going to be my, uh, my big play for the next round. No. Stone cold um, on the show. <laughs> the, the Raptors are minus 335 against the Nets. Like those teams are going to win. I guess, uh, I guess I looked at the, the game one line and like Nets plus 10 and a half against Toronto. The Nets stay in every game when they try, like kind of lean Nets there. But those are obviously unbettable series when you look at the series line just because of the price. Um, we know what's going to happen, but we can't do anything about it at those prices. Um, so Denver was the one that jumped out to me at first and it opened 177 minus 177, I think on DK and it's at minus 195. Um, I think that the, the nuggets are going to, and they went to double overtime last weekend when they played each other, but I think the nuggets just have the pieces to, to really beat up on the jazz. Um, can maybe get some minutes back from Gary Harris and Will Barton, two starting wings that that haven't really played um, would be huge for them. And, and then just the emergence of, of Michael Porter Jr. And even bowl bowl as additional pieces on top of the, the Murray and, and Jokic combo, just give them too many, too many parts. Like I, I think Donovan Mitchell is probably the best scorer in the series, which is only the, the only positive that I can give to, to the Utah side, I feel like, but this, this one screams Denver to me. That hurts. I, I have to agree, but it hurts. I'm, I'm a jazz guy. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, what are you, a jazz fan or something? No, jazz, jazz, jazz. Yeah, that's a jazz guy. Oh, um, okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it's always tough when you're looking at these serious prices, even if you're shopping. And obviously this show uh, works hand in hand with Odd Chopper, which is our new tool 
go check that out. You're going to be able to see all the lines from all the books and get that value. But as you talked about, if you're looking to bet the Raptors or the Bucks in the series price, there's not going to be value no matter where you look. Uh, those are untouchable. I will say, and I, I think, you know, we talked about this a little last week. Uh, you know that I'm high on your boys, the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I may look and I, ha- I don't see it in front of me, but I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. You know, the Sixers are a high variance team. I may look to bet the Celtics by like sweep, something like that. Pretty aggressive. I could see the Sixers, you know, with all the injuries, it kind of unraveling for them. And I'm very high on Boston. I, I like them. I think they're live to get out of the East. You know, you're going to get plus money on that. Obviously, if, if you try to pick the exact series price, minus 375, if you just want to take them to win the series. Do you feel good that they get through the Sixers who are now hobbled to the extreme degree here? Yeah, the Celtics are in a really good spot. And uh, you know that I'm, you know, as a, as a Boston guy, I grew up a Celtics fan, covered the Celtics for a little while as a, as a beat guy. I will look to be negative on them before I look to be positive. That's just kind of how I'm built at this point with them. And last week I, I said, I'm not going to bet this, the, fr- the big Friday night Celtics Raptors game. But if I did, I love the way Toronto looks best bubble team. I would lean Toronto. You said you liked the Celtics Celtics came and that line moved towards the Celtics all day. And the Celtics came out and mopped the floor with them. And uh, it was a, it wasn't a meaningful game for Toronto. They were essentially going to get the two seed no matter what. So maybe a little bit more of a statement win for the Celtics. They come out hot and then Toronto just rolls over. So, uh, you know, if the Celtics get up 15 in the first quarter of a playoff game when they meet, presumably in the second round, um, I don't see that game going the same way necessarily, but uh, it showed that that, that the Celtics are for real and they've been great since that game. Um, They're clicking. Kemba Walker's healthy. He can play his minutes. Gordon Hayward's playing maybe the best he has in a Celtic uniform. Tatum and Brown, obviously two of the best young wings in the NBA. There's a lot to love about the Celtics. And then the wheels are falling off with the Sixers. No Simmons and beads banged up. Um, Horford's been a, a bust for, for, you know, what, what was expected of him in Philly. I agree with you. This is one that I don't see going past five games. So because a sweep and five games would both be plus money, I would maybe play both of those and hope to hope it, hope it goes one of those ways. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I think because you don't want to lay the minus 375. So that's the, really. that's the best way I think to say that this one's going to be over pretty quickly and, and approach that series. I will say one thing on books that allow you to uh, parlay like the Celtics minus 375 are a fairly priced parlay piece. If you want to put series lines together, like Denver and Boston are minus 108. That's standard juice there. If you, if you like the nuggets as much as I like the nuggets, um, that's maybe a little bit too close of a series. If you want, you know, a real lock in there, but like, I don't, we can talk about the Clippers next Celtics Clippers parlayed are minus 205. That's a little bit much to lay, but like, are the Clippers going to lose in the first round? They were 3-0 against the Mavericks this year. They beat them by like 15 in the bubble. Love Luka Doncic. Porzingis is great. They got to the postseason. It feels like this is their this is their spot. Maybe have a little bit of a good showing, win a game against the Clippers, and then next year maybe they improve a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's you know, there's just different expectations. They're ahead of schedule, the Mavericks, regardless if mm-hmm. they get swept or not. Uh, the one last thing I want to ask you, and then we can move on to a little baseball, do some other things. If the Blazers say they, they go out, you know, they dismantle the Grizzlies to get it done. Do you give them any hope 
Because, you know, they're, uh, I think in the world, people are saying they could cause some problems for the Lakers. Do you see that at all? Or do you think that's just overblown because of Dame and, and their ability to score? It is overblown. I, I really want to like it because I want to like it more than I do because I, I do think Portland's kind of a tougher matchup for, uh, for the Lakers because they have peace. They have so many pieces, Lillard, McCollum, um, you know, Mello is playing really well. And he's like, I guess I like, what I like about him is that he's not a guy that's like afraid of LeBron because they like came up together and were like the two guys. I don't, I think he just views LeBron differently than like a younger guy would, but it's not like he's going to lock him down on defense or anything. He's just a guy that doesn't back down from him. Um, I like having Nurkic back. Hassan Whiteside in terms of Hassan Whiteside, by the way, should have played more last night when the Blazers could not get a rebound. He had like, yeah, he was torching them. He he played. I don't even have the box score in front of me. He played like he fifteen played. or sixteen minutes and had almost a double double. Yeah, so. I mean, this what the Blazers to me it's pretty simple. The Blazers are not. If Nurkic and these guys were healthy, they wouldn't be fighting for the eight seed. So, like, the, I think the Lakers get a raw deal in that sense. Like, they're not playing an eight seed here, but Still I think people are are kind of underestimating that the Lakers are going to handle them. I really, maybe the Blazers get a game, Dame goes nuts, they outscore him. But right. in a series, I, I don't see it being a problem for the Lakers whatsoever. I mean, the other pieces, like last night, you really lock in and watch a full Blazers game. It's like the rebounding and the defense. How are you going to figure that out against a, a, a LeBron James, Anthony Davis pick and roll? Like that's going to work all day. Um and the the other part of like why I want to fade the Lakers in a, in a bad matchup of an underseeded team because they're getting bodies back is because the Lakers have been one of the worst offensive teams in the bubble. Like they haven't like the Celtics found it. They kind of started off a little rough and they found it. Now they're clicking. Uh, the, the Lakers didn't find it. They they tried to play their starters to to get a big win against Denver. Denver played excuse me the backups down the stretch and it, they needed a game winner from Kyle Kuzma. So I don't think that was the goal of that game for the Lakers. So, you know, if we get some games where Portland is like plus nine, plus 10, I'll bet Portland, I'll take the points with Portland, but the series line is, is unfortunately not going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. I will say hot take, hot take from chat blazers in six. That would be, it's a hot take obscene. Um, They haven't looked good. I I agree. I just, Lakers is one of the team, the, teams on the short list where I literally throw out what they did in these eight games like them in the box I just don't care they mm-hmm. they were pretty secure now they have to turn it on um so we'll see listen you know there's going to be opportunities there's going to be opportunities live we see these games all the time I mean you know if the Lakers fall down early in one of these games you can buy back right on the spot and, and steal some value but we will be here breaking it down. Julian's going to have articles. I'm certainly going to have some things. Uh, you can hop in Slack, chat if you've got questions. But we'll talk a little baseball because we have to. That's what we do. Uh, 14 games today. My God. It seems like yeah, it's day. too much. It really Fridays. is. Friday, Fridays are too much. It's it's brutal, man. Um, so I just like I said, I, I do like this because I get to kind of like check in you know, I keep tabs here and there on the Mets and a couple, you know, other things. I watch a game here, a game there. But, you know, I was looking at the standings this morning and, you know, I, I obviously, because I've been betting a little, I've seen the Cubs are hot, but I didn't realize they were this hot. Uh, you know, you look at them 13 and three, 
Marlins, I mean, I don't really want to talk about that. Your Bo Sox gave up about 30 runs yesterday. I mean, what have you just seen on a, on a very macro level? Uh, have you been keeping tabs on it? And kind of what have you make where maybe a fourth of the way through? Yeah, I, I'm I'm starting. I mean, the spots you want to bet are kind of starting to take form. And unfortunately, this Friday card, even with 14 games, like I scrolled through it and I'm like, I don't necessarily love any spot. Um We've seen a lot of runs at cores, and we've got bad pitching there with the Rangers Rockies, Lance Lynn versus Ryan Castellarani and bad bullpens. And like, that's at 12 and a half, but we've been seeing so many late inning runs at, at, at cores in these games. Like, like I hit a, and it was one of my article plays on, on Osmo this week. I, I hit a first five under six and a half at cores as uh, one of my plays. And it, I think there were like three or four runs and the game wound up in like the mid teens. Um, so these games can really blow up at cores. So I think that's maybe a spot to look at today. Um, and then I don't trust Kershaw yet, but he's, he's pretty short priced for being Clayton Kershaw against the angels. That that's an interesting spot to check out maybe even on the first five, but like, you really got to hone in on spots. And with 14 games, I'm saying I'm, I might not even bet anything today. I don't, I don't know yet. Um, but it's been a good week in baseball. The, the Osimo article plays, I think they're up for MLB on a five Oh and one run. So okay. pretty good. Um, it, it, it's some things just to give some quick observations, I guess, on what's going on. Um, the Orioles are not bad. They have scored five or more runs in like six plus yeah, games. What is that? Their team totals usually come out around three and a half. So that was one of the article plays yesterday. They got four in like the first few innings and that, that one cashed pretty easily. Um, so they're a team to kind of, kind of look at. Um, and then just strong first five spots for, for pitchers like uh, Kenta Maeda for the twins has been really good and getting a ton of run support. Um trying to think some other guys the Cubs the Cubs in general like uh that that was a a first five on Darvish that I passed on last night because the the minus half a run was minus 135 and and that one easily hit the Cubs dominated again they're fantastic against the first five run line um there's there's just certain pitchers that that you can lock in on on those first five bets that I, I think are probably the best way to go so far is it do you I wanted to ask you this do you is it more difficult that there are, have been teams, Cardinals, certainly the Marlins, where they like miss a chunk of their schedule? Uh, or is that just like, it is what it is when they come back, you just treat it as normal? Um, I would say it is what it is. And when they come back, I just pretend they're not even playing because okay, I don't want to, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, the only thing I thought about doing is the after, after the Marlins missed like 10 days, I was like, I'm going to bet against them in their first game back, which I didn't end up doing. And they, won and kept winning so like who knows what's going to happen in those situations so I just see it as like when they come back I'm just I'm not even I'm pretending that game is not even happening in terms of a, a betting perspective um and then the sorry the one last thought that I forgot to do in the first one I don't know how I forgot it is just how bad the Red Sox are um I have loved betting against the Red Sox this season it has been going extremely well um i need to start thinking about taking more opposing team totals or just game totals against them because the rays scored 17 runs yesterday after scoring and the day before that they scored nine the day before that they scored eight the day before that they scored eight at fenway park so 
add that up, that's 16, 27, whatever 27 plus 17 is, is how many runs the Rays just scored in a four-game series at Fenway Park. Well over 10 per game. Um, their pitching is awful. Like they, they, the, the Red Sox brought up a 27-year-old AAA guy, career minors guy, to, to start uh, on Thursday and thought he was going to be better than the options they had because of these bullpen games. He gave up seven runs in two innings and then was out. So, like, their offense is respectable, and that's why they could be good over bets. They ha- their pitching is the, one of the worst pitching teams I've ever seen. Uh, so just keep, keep that in mind, that the Red Sox will give up runs. Um, Evaldi is the only, like, decent MLB pitcher starter that they have. Even pitcher. They have nobody in the bullpen, too. So the only MLB pitcher they have. That's yeah. I mean, I, I was paying attention a little and it, I, you know, they gave up two in the first and it, then it was three, two after one. I, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't really have uh, a huge stake in the game. And then I looked and I saw they gave up. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Up 17 runs, and <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, <laughs> that's not the answer, no matter what. The last thing I wanted to ask you, though, and it's just a team naturally that people talk about is the champs uh, who haven't looked good. I mean, they had a little COVID deal right off the bat. It's Nats. Um, I see them around plus 280. Probably could get around three to one to win their division. You know, you got the Braves there. I guess if you, for some reason, think the Marlins can hang in, I obviously do not. What do you make of the Nationals? I know it's not a team that I don't think you're super tuned into, but just in general, I mean, they've looked sluggish at times. You mentioned the Orioles that like they've just looked at times sluggish against teams where I really thought they would get rolling. Do you think they start to tune it up or is this going to just be a a letdown year here? I think it's going to be a little bit of a letdown year. Um, I actually, so I, I put out some MLB win totals before everything started and then we got to that opening night matchup with the Yankees and uh, Soto had his, his positive tests come in and he was going to miss a bunch of time. So I, I actually bet the Nats under 33 wins. I think um, I was leaning under before. And then I was like, well, if Soto is going to miss a couple weeks, that could be like 25% of the season for their best bat. So I'm going to, that, that pushed me towards the under Um and it looks like it's trending in that direction. Obviously, things can change. Um, it's crazy how how good the Marlins have been, and they're still plus fifteen hundred to win the division. But yeah, I know. How is that going to hold? The Marlins, listen to this. The Marlins end their season playing twenty six games in twenty three days with no off day. Yeah, that could so be what, pro- problematic. What does that mean for the Cardinals? The Cardinals are going to have to play like <laughs> triple letters. I, <laughs> I don't even, yeah, I don't even know. The Cardinals are going to have to play like 25 games in 15 days to wrap up the season. They're like, how is that going to work? Um, the NL East is a stay away spot for me, I guess, if we're betting the division. The Braves, I guess, have the inside track. I'm seeing them right around plus 115. Um, the Phillies had that time off and then came back and looked good and now look bad. Uh, the Mets are the Mets. Um, 
I don't know if I, sorry. I don't know how I don't know how I'm gonna figure out that that uh that division. Like do you have a do you have a I know you're not as big on baseball, but do you have a, a lean on that division? Because I think I mean it's, I'll say this. The Braves were a team before, you know, when I did the morning show with Lafay and Josh, we, we talked to, you know, some baseball futures and the, and the Braves, you know, to win the pennant was, was something I liked. I liked their team. I think they're on the right track. Now they lost, they already lost the key piece uh, yeah. in their rotation with, with one of their main pitchers going down. I, I'll put it like this. At plus 115, there's no chance. I, I take a position right now. If, you know, it, it tightens up and they drop into the 150, 175 range. I do think that they still have the inside track and they will. But what I'm really waiting for with baseball is kind of what we saw in the NBA bubble where teams are basically or fully eliminated and other teams need these games. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's automatic. Obviously, we saw last night nothing is automatic. But I, I will start trying to cherry pick some lines where it's – a a team that needs a, you know, a sweep or needs to take a series against a team that's completely lifeless. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. I, I like where you're going there. Anything else on the diamond? I mean, like I said, baseball is the one, even in 60 games, it starts to feel like a grind pretty quickly. Like it's just every day, 15, 14 games. Uh, there's a lot to break down. Uh, my, my only thought is that I, can't wait for the Red Sox to get back out there so I can either bet against them or, or take it over. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, chat, as I'm sure you know, I'm keeping a uh, little tabs on the golf over here. Wyndham Championship at Greensboro and Sedgefield Country Club. It's not a great tournament. This is not a major, so we don't need to spend a ton of time on it because I want to talk a little, little pigskin with you uh, before we get out of here. But I will say Wyndham's going on. Webb Simpson, his daughter's name is Wyndham. This is his, he loves this course. He lives on this course. He's so popular. He's like 40% owned. He is the favorite right now. Played well yesterday. Sitting around six and a half, seven to one. I don't know how you go there. Scoring is low. uh, So that means there's more opportunity to really get in the mix. Like you could come out this afternoon and fire 62 and you jump way up the leaderboard. Um, so that's something to keep in mind, but it's such a bad tournament. I mean, the names, you know, Julian, that's one thing we see with this. There, there's a lot of guys in this tournament that they've, they've rarely been in a position on a weekend to compete. And when you have that, there's just so many unknowns. These are not experienced players. And they're going up against guys like Webb, Patrick Reed. I mean, they've got majors. They've got top-end experience. So it's just a very weird mesh of players. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the live odds and, um, you know, I'm not a golf guy, but uh, some of these guys at the top that are competing with names that I do know very well, Tom Ho- Hoge, Hoge? Yeah, the Hoagie man. The the All right. Man. No idea who that is. Um, <laughs> Me both. Peter Malnati. Yeah. Roger. Roger Sloan. Sloan. Don't know who any of those three guys are. So that's what I'm saying. Like, and they're all plus two thousand or lower to win the entire thing, which all seem like bad bets to me because they're probably going to fall apart in my limited golf knowledge. And it's it's the kind of thing. Obviously, the reason they're up there, they had huge starts. Yeah. Um, you know, they're sitting on the lead towards the lead, but just dude, those are the, in my opinion, the worst guys. Because it's it's almost like chasing. You know what I mean? They had their big round. Can they replicate it? I seriously doubt it. You need to do that for 72 holes, not 18. Right. Um, 
Chat just mentioned Ryan Moore to win Wyndham. He's someone I bet before the tournament. He's still sitting around 40 to one. He played well yesterday. Didn't get the most out of his round. Hasn't come out today yet. I don't mind that. I, I think it's still very wide open. And, and like you just talked about, there is some inherent value because there are random guys up there that are pushing, they're driving the odds up on everybody else. Like mm-hmm. to me, Roger Sloan, no offense to Roger Sloan, it's not going to win the golf tournament. So like him sitting around 20 to one adds a little value to the other guys just by an opportunity cost. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, I will <laughs> say one thing. I meant to bet something in golf this week and I forgot because it's off my radar and I had so many other things going on. I saw a bunch of stats about how Harold Varner does really well here and is supposed to mm-hmm. do really well here. Um, and I saw somebody give out top 20 finish on him at plus 330. Um, and now I'm seeing him plus 700 to win to win it all. I, I forgot completely about it. I did not bet it. Um, and now I'm pretty mad at myself. Yeah, he... HV3 has shown he's a guy that he's kind of in the middle. Um, so you've got Webb right. and Reed, big names. They've done it. They've won. Then you've got, I don't want to say no names, but guys that really haven't done much. Then you, you have HV3. You can say no names. No Somebody names. like me. I've Creative players. Um, <laughs> HV3 is in the middle. He's had so many chances. He's been in a final pairing at a major. It's a matter of time. He's going to get some wins on tour. It seems pretty obvious. So that's that's a name that he got up. He had a big round yesterday. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we'll see what he does, but I wouldn't be stunned to see him hang around. Um, you know, and that's last thing I'll say about this. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, Chad's talking about if you bet now, do you wait till the dust settles and you know, your guys through the cut, you certainly can do that. Cause then you know, you're getting the weekend, but at the same time, when you're talking about an outright, it doesn't really matter in the sense if your guy is close to missing the cut, he's not going to win the tournament. So like (laughs) that risk, it's not that big a deal. You actually might want to embrace it earlier because you need everything to go right. Second is just as useful as a miscut. Like it's first or bust in an outright market. So try to steal all the value again, go to odd shopper before you place any wagers. So you can make Mm -hmm. sure, um, you know, you, you see a guy 35 and then he's 50 somewhere else. Julian, you know better than anyone how quickly that adds up. It does. It absolutely does. Um, and yeah, just to your point about like, if you're thinking of betting a guy to win it all and you're concerned, ooh, should I do this before or after we see if he makes the cut? I, you don't have to be a golf expert to know that, the, that he's probably not in the best spot to come all the way back and win it all. Then. Yeah. I mean, listen, if he, if he's teetering around the cut, um, you know, it's not going to matter whether he makes or misses it because he's not going to probably win the tournament. So I think if you have a line on a guy, take that shot, just try to shop those odds. Uh, and we'll see. I, I'm going to have an article up on the site assessing the, uh, normally I say assessing the damage. That's what it's been lately after Friday, but we'll see what we can do. A lot of golf left. And I do want to say as chat, a lot of you know, and you may be wondering right after this show, me and Josh Engelman breaking down the NBA DFS slate. It might be one of the most difficult breakdowns of all time because I there people are just it's a random number generator of who's playing. Uh, so you can stick around for that. But we've got one topic left, and it it's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to be starting to turn the page into football because it it is less than a month away. Uh, before we get going, hopefully if, but I'm going to say when, I'm going to think positive for a change. 
How soon do you, I mean, I, I know you and me are going to be putting out some content, really diving into these divisions, but how soon do you start looking for positions on some of these like futures, win total type bets? I mean, normally I would be way more underway with it at this point because yeah. it's just the dog days of summer in baseball and uh, I'm, I'm not locked into NBA bubble tournaments and <laughs> NBA playoffs while I'm trying to get ready for NFL. So it's like crazily sneaking up on us. Um, however, the one thing that I did get a chance to do is when there were no sports, I I started getting some of this stuff in really early. Um, so like I I got a bunch of Tampa stuff in before the Brady news was official. So I have a lot of them at, at, you know, numbers that aren't around anymore, but there are a couple of, I don't want to give them all away because I'll, I'll write them up in articles and we're going to have them in, in, uh, you know, some videos next week, previewing a lot of stuff. Um, but there are some spots that I, that I like a lot that I had, a, that I'm, you know, confident in, even though I haven't been able to do my normal August NFL research, uh, that I'm confident in because I got to do March, April, May NFL research with, with nothing going on. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's obviously a different off season, but I still feel like I was able to, able to look at some stuff. And there, there's a lot of different things that, that I like in terms of futures. Now, the thing is, I just had all my NBA futures canceled. And if this season doesn't get 16 games in, how is this stuff going to stand? So I, I really want to be positive with you and hope we get these 16 <laughs> games so that win totals cash, hopefully divisions cash the, the, the same way. Um, like I had the heat to win the, the division in the NBA. That was a walkaway winner, but it was canceled because the the rest of those regular season games were, were mm-hmm. done. So we'll have to see how stuff like that cashes if, if it does turn into like a 12 game season or whatever, hopefully not. But um, a lot of strong spots and I know you feel the same way. I, I do. And listen, yeah, I mean, it is what it, it they may void the bets and that's frustrating. You're not going to lose. So right. You don't lose at least. You don't lose. You're not going to just for people, you know, I, I know we do have some people watching the show that aren't too familiar with betting. Like if they decide just say randomly, they're going to only play 10 games. Like, just know that if you go and bet all the unders on the win totals, that's not going to work. <laughs> like I, I like where your head's It'd be at. great if it did. It would be great. Um, so I just want to hit a couple of like big time spots that people want to know about. And we can start. Chat just brought it up. What is your prediction for Tommy Boy and Tampa? They've steamed nine and a half wins. People talking that they can win the South. They've got weapons. They've got Brady. Yay or nay at first glance? All right. I mean, I'm I'm uh, 32 years old. I've been watching Tom Brady won a Super Bowl when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> and he's been winning me Super Bowls ever since. Um, I'm not quite as – I'm a little more level-headed. I'm not quite as bitter as, as everyone else for him leaving. I, I get it. Um, but I feel like I kind of know Tom Brady's – mindset and he is going into a wagon of an offense with weapons and heavily motivated to show that he can still sling it and doesn't need to be protected by a run game and a D and Belichick's defense and all these things. This is going to be a, what is he? 43 or whatever, 43 prove it year for Tom Brady. Um, And one thing that I have not done over, over the years is I, I bet on the Patriots when I like them. I don't bet on them every week. I bet on them when I like the spot. When I don't like the spot, I don't. I have. I have never bet against them um, <laughs> with, with Tom Brady and Belichick. I'm not going to be betting against Tom Brady this season. Um, you either bet on him or or pass for me. 
Um, like I said, my opinion is a little bit different because I also got like, so I have bucks over eight and a half wins. I have bucks plus three fifty to win the AFC South. Um, and I, I have them to win the NFC. I forget at, at like double the odds or whatever it is now, because I got it all in before the, the Brady news was official. I think they're fairly priced now. Um, one look ahead spot that I will give, let me see if the game, they must have the game line up. Um, nor the, the saints notoriously get off to poor starts, um, every week, one week, two, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'll have it in an article at some point, but they're awful straight up and against the spread out of the gates in week one. Um, the bucks are plus one sixty in that week one game against the saints. I think they come out and win that game. Um, right out of the gate to just kind of make a statement. Um, there's just so much, we talked motivation, NBA, it's not quite the same thing, but I, I lean there. I think they're going to come out of the gates looking really, really good. We've seen, I mean, I remember when Fitzpatrick and the Bucks beat the Saints right. on a couple of years and they were like 10, oh, I think north of 10 mm-hmm. uh, point underdog. I've, I've made this clear. So I will go down with this ship. I, I do not like, I know he's got weapons. I don't like the fit for this offense. I think him and Mike Evans is a terrible fit. I think him and Godwin is a great fit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the South is better than people think. I'm a Falcons, not guy. I don't root for them, but I I think that they are the sneaky team, not the Bucks to challenge the Saints. Carolina is not the team. Um, Right. So I'm the opposite. I'm waiting as long as I can because I see this number continuously going up. I yes. hope it goes to if it goes to ten, I will hit it immediately uh, under. Obviously, mm-hmm. the win total. Um, I like it under nine and a half. I'm actually getting plus money on some spots, just a little, like plus one hundred five, plus one ten on under nine and a half. And I just think that Pelichek does a lot. He's fantastic. As much as it pains me. So we'll see, but I do want to switch gears kind of relate, not even kind of related. It is related. We haven't talked because, you know, we've only done one show. Are you, uh, are you excited for Cam Newton to take the reins? Somewhat. Um, well, I want to give one last uh, buck. Oh, start. Sure, the, the only, the only thing is, so Winston had 30 interceptions last year. <laughs> yes, he did. Brady's had 30 interceptions in his last four seasons combined. So if we're going to get a quarter of the interceptions there, and let's say it's a new offense, new coach, Belichick's not there, maybe a third of the interceptions um, from Brady, it's just going to put the defense in so much of a stronger position because I feel like everybody's worried about the defense. That's because Winston's given the other team the ball at the 40-yard line, and you're starting with three points on that drive at, at minimum. Um, just eliminating those, I think, is going to put them in so much stronger of a, uh, of a position. Um, but yeah, if this goes to 10, 10 and a half, I might bet the under as well and just try and middle. middle um, yeah. I, I think it's like a 10 and six type of team. In my opinion, you think a little worse, that's fine. Um, but, but yeah, if you got something early and this does go up, I think there's a, a middle opportunity that, that could come out of that. Um, but for the Pats, uh, it said a lot going to Newton. Like everybody was ready for Jarrett Stidham. Is he going to be the guy? Um, Belichick clearly, showed us that he he doesn't have faith that that's a quarterback that he can win a Super Bowl with. Um, and I think it was big of, because just as much as Brady wants to have a huge year in Tampa statistically and win loss wise, um, Belichick wants to have a good year without Brady of course. And, and, you know, prove his value. So I think it was very big of Belichick's ego to say, we're not just going to take the young middle round quarterback Jarrett Stidham and plug him in 
and be the same team without Tom Brady. I think it was big of him to admit we're going to bring in a former MVP, number one overall pick. We need an important player at this position to, to continue our success. Um, that was my biggest takeaway. And then in terms of Cam, it's going to be different. I, I, I like that, um, you know, a guy like Josh McDaniels, who when he was in Denver, drafted a guy like Tim Tebow and is looking for that type of quarterback, that he can expand the playbook here and move Newton around and do some things that the Patriots haven't done in years. So I think it's going to be really interesting to watch as a, as a fan. Um, from a betting standpoint, I do still like them to win the division, um, not just to be too high on the Patriots. I'm also a little low on the Bills. I don't, I, I don't think just because they were you know, a playoff team last year that it means that they have another level that they're going to go to with a guy like Josh Allen. Um, I think they're going to be around the same and an eight and eight. Uh, I mean, I know I'm bashing a lot of your guys. I'm bashing a lot of your guys today. I think the, I see the bills, I see the bills is like an eight and eight, nine and seven team. And I think the Patriots can go nine and seven, uh, nine and seven, 10 and six. Um, so I'll still take the Patriots to win the division based on coaching. What really makes me nervous. I think Newton's going to figure out the offense and they're, they're going to be okay. What really makes me nervous is the pieces they lost on defense, not only in, free agency or whatever but the, the COVID opt-out yeah we're like at one point in time half of the players that had opted out in the NFL were Patriots defensive players it's like we gotta we gotta get this together um Hightower being the the crucial one in the middle of that linebacking core so there's a lot of red flags it's gonna be an interesting season uh the dominance is is certainly over but it's gonna be fun I guess to see the Patriots try and try and do this a different way. Listen, I mean, if Cam is Cam of old, then the shoulder is all right. There's no doubt he can, I mean, he's going to be more than capable of bringing them back to the postseason. I have no doubt about that, but I listen, there's no, I try to be realistic with guys that I'm very high on. There's no excuse for the bills this year. Like they should win this division if they're going on the path that they're supposed to be like they added right. in digs, they have Brown, they have a capable defense. I'm a singletary guy. If Josh Allen is what it's I'm the quarterback, <laughs> like you, you need to find a way to win 10 games here and just take over the East. Not, they're not going to start a rain, but you got, you got to win the division. I, I don't have, I know cam coming in is a tougher situation than probably getting Stidham. And then you've got the Jets and the Dolphins. But regardless of what these other teams are doing, I I just have no if, ands, or buts. you got to find a way. So we're going to get into it. Like I said, me and Julian are going to be doing some, some videos breaking down each division. We'll give our favorite plays, some win totals. So be on the lookout for that chat. Uh, any final thoughts here? I, like I said, we're not going to give too much. It's, it's the first of many many NFL segments on this show, but anything else before we dart on out of here on a Friday morning? Right. I feel like I don't want to give away too much here because we're going to talk about this so much. Um, I guess on the bills, because it's not one of my like strongest spots, they're now at eight and a half. So they they were one when I kind of got on this early in April or so I, I took them under nine at plus money. So like, I feel like that's maybe going to be a push at nine and seven, hoping they go eight and eight. But like you said, they, if you're looking at it from a bills perspective, this is the year they go 10 and six and win the division. Um, If they're 
trajectory goes the way that they would like it to go. Um, I guess I'm fading Josh Allen in a season-long perspective that he will not be able to keep it together. But get add, adding digs to the wide receivers is really, I think, a crucial piece. Because if you keep everything else the way it was in, in 2019, it was all there. Um, and you just needed that that wide receiver one, and, and now you have it. So make or break a year for, for the Bills. It's going to be very, very interesting. There's no doubt about that. But like I said, chat, much more to come on your way out. Because we appreciate everyone getting up early with us. Uh, I know it's a new show. It's not as wild in chat as some of these other ones. We'll get it there. If you can hit the like button on your way out, it helps us, helps the the community. And we want you inside the ropes. If you haven't signed up, Awesome Plus. It's not just the DFS side. We have other things now. We got tools, projections, ownership. You know about all that. But on the on the betting side, some tools to help you uh, track some things, look some odds, and gain some edge. I'm not going to lie. So, uh, Anywho, we're going to get out of here. I'll be back in 15 minutes with Josh Engelman breaking down the DFS slate. Thanks to Jordan Klein behind the glass. Thanks to you guys, Chad. Have a great Friday. Good luck in the golf sweats. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place.